Ever since this thing started, Frank and I have worried about you. You took it all way too seriously. And now look, you've woven this whole fantasy around this stupid April Fool's joke, and you've talked yourself into believing it was the same accident and that it was our fault. I thought you'd snap out of it. I thought, with a little time, you'd lighten up and see how it didn't matter. But now you've gone and concocted this whole new horror story about Adam being crazy and Adam being a murderer. God, poor Adam. Does he even realize how screwed up he is there inside your head? Uh, so that was, what, from, from Hildy, right? Yeah, Not Frank. That, that came from Hildy. Yeah, I guess we'll introduce all of them. Yeah. Um, great, great quote, Blake. You what, did a great job want, picking one. Do you want me to, to try a second one just in case, a safety one? Sure, why not? We got all the time in the world. <laughs> that was that was from that was from like the last act of the book. This is from the beginning of the book. Someone was trapped in that car. I still see him being burned alive. We were responsible. Oh come on, we didn't make them miss the road. Those people should have been watching where they were going. It's never even been on the news. I keep waiting and waiting. It was a two hour drive from here. There's no reason why an accident that happened a hundred miles away should even be mentioned on the local news. Car wrecks happen every day, but they don't have anything to do with us. And this doesn't either. You're acting like this is some huge tragedy or something, and it is a tragedy. I just keep keep feeling that somehow we'll be paid back for what we did. I really, really like Mm -hmm. that this is one of those things where the main character does do something really terrible, but they try and gloss it over like it's really not that big of a deal. You mean her friends do? Like, by the end of it, well, not just the friends, but even, like, generally speaking, the book kind of glosses it over. I mean, I realize that the main character is concerned about it. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's kind of like, shrug, everyone's fine now. It is a a very neat little uh, bow that they put on it at the very end. Like, a little, the tone is a little weird. (laughs) I'm trying to think. There was a movie or something I've watched recently where it was the same kind of thing where it has a happy ending for the protagonist, but it's like they still committed a very bad crime, (laughs) and it just kind of works out for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was kind of like our main character did do a bad crime with her friends, but by the end of the book, we're like, well, these other other guys, these interlopers, they did a worse crime, so we're going to ignore our hero's crime. Right, and exactly. And just kind of move on with our lives, but the other guys don't. Um, maybe we should go back to the beginning and, and start it uh, from the beginning. What do you okay. say? Yes, let's right, start let, it. Let's start it properly. Here we go. Welcome back to Are You There Pod. It's me, Blake, King of Fools. And me, Adam, King of Aprils. <laughs> That's very good. I like how that all ties together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's me, Jessica. Oh. Queen of producers. <laughs> Holy crap, it's so weird. Why is Jessica in the producer chair? And why am I here at all? <laughs> why, why does Adam's voice sound so weird? Like it's... um. Coming through some sort of tube many miles away. 
uh, I stormed I stormed the gates and demanded to be on this podcast to fact check something very incorrect in the last episode of Are You There Pod. Oh. Uh-oh. Okay, do you want to lay out what that is, I guess? Uh, yeah, you guys labeled me as a former competitive clogger. Oh, uh, I was not a competitive clogger. I was an exhibitionist. So, <laughs> What's the oh, okay. So you just the difference sh- is we were not t- competing with other cloggers. We were just dancing at county fairs. You were just showing your dick to people who didn't necessarily want to see it, <laughs> right? Rather than being a voyeur or clogger. Uh, can I say that's the producer's job to fact check? So that's all on Blake. Um, you're right. You're right. I just had the facts wrong in my head. <laughs> yes. We were not nearly good enough to be competitive. We were really? an embarrassment to everyone. Yeah. Wow. So anyway, that's okay. neither here nor so... there. But did you have cool outfits? Oh, oh, we had the best. It was sequins. There was uh, fringe. Is that a thing? Yeah, fringe. You've seen- okay, yeah, fringe. I'm not. I'm not up on my uh, my oh. fabrics and uh, styles, but I'm imagining Dutch boy. I don't. I don't know what I'm imagining, but it, it's no, no. This one. was much more. This was much more uh, Southern Americana meets Las Vegas. Basically, oh, Branson. God. Oh, okay, so Branson chic for clogging makes mm-hmm. sense. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, no further explanation needed there. Uh, fact corrected. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, obviously, uh, for a uh, April Fool's goof em up episode, we got a, a real goofer of a book for you this time. Uh, you want to tell them what this book was titled, Adam? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's called Flight into Sodomy. <laughs> and What? April Fools. Oh my the book God. is called April Fools. Oh, he pranked us. I don't, he pranked I don't, us good. Yeah, I don't know if you remember this, but I randomly found a book online called Flight into Sodomy. What? And I said we were going to do it for this, and Jessica shut it down big time. <laughs> Why would he, uh, any book ever be called that? <laughs> I don't know. I think we No, we're doing a, we're doing a book called April Fools. Yes, and it is by Richie Tankersley Cusick who they have done before, they being the oh. regular hosts. Yes, they have done Richie. Uh, Richie is not a guy, as I originally assumed. I looked Richie up. It's a woman. Yeah, I, I read the about a author, or about the author in yeah. the back of the book. Yeah. Uh, and that's how I realized that Richie was not a man. Ah, Richie. yes, yes. Um, and then I also got very sad to realize that the dog that it references is probably very, very dead. Is it fun- because the book was written yeah. thirty years Third, ago? It's a, the book was nineteen ninety. Um, I had the exact same thought when I read the about the author and read about her dog. I was like, that dog's way dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Jess, did you guys already go into Richie Cusick and uh, stuff about her? A little bit. Yeah. Whenever we read the mall. Yeah. So they did the mall by this author. Uh, so it was not a holiday themed book. No, we did do it for Black Friday, which is oh, an American okay. so holiday. So. Speaking of holiday themes, she has a book called Trick or Treat. Yep, look for that in say, October. A, <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of the recommended books, not just hers, but there were other authors from that publisher. But a lot of them were holiday themed books in yes. that recommended. The, it, I think that's like a just a 
cheap horror thing uh, in general. But I should mention this is well, a, and if I'm being honest, the book really seemed like they were kind of shoehorning yeah, the April Fool stuff in. Absolutely, I had that like toward the end of the book. I was like, "Wait, what is this called again? What this <laughs> this has this is a weird story that has nothing to do with the original premise." But yeah, I guess they just they worked in some pranks, had it kind of set, had the prologue happen on April Fools, and yeah. then the rest was kind of nothing to do with April Fools whatsoever. Well, oh, here's a good reason that it, uh, for it being on April or being about April Fools. Um, the author was born on April Fool's Day, as the uh, as the book says, no joke. <laughs> so, just happens to be the author's birthday, um, and she now makes her home just outside Kansas City, Missouri. So, fellow hmm. fellow Missourian, uh, assuming. She's still there 30 years later. Why would she be? I don't know. Does the book take place in Missouri? Probably. I don't know. Because Kansas City is about a little over two hours from our town. So in theory, <laughs> it could have been right here it took... in Kansas City. And then the kids live in Springfield. And Just the, uh, the the cliff where the all the people die is like between here and Branson on those big hills. Right, right. I think that's exactly what she was writing about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's just let's just move forward on that assumption. Yeah. So this is a point, a point book. Point horror. Jessica calls it point horror, but it just says point. It's point horror. Point is 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 point a um, what do you call it? An imprint of Scholastic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's Scholastic's YA horror imprint, I guess. I'm gonna trust Jessica on that one. It's got April Fools in a neat font on the front, and someone putting what looks like a Cabbage Patch doll into a mailbox. <laughs> Does mm-hmm. that have anything to do with anything in the book? Yes. Yes and of. no. Okay. the The doll in the book is way more gross the way it's described, and they really cleaned that doll. They up cleaned the it up. Okay. It's kind of like Goosebumps when I was a kid, and I would read it and be like, "He's not describing. He said she has blonde hair, but on the cover she has black hair." And if I'm remembering correctly, the cover also has a handkerchief in the mailbox, which is that there is a handkerchief oh, yeah. that is a key element of the plot, yes. but it is it has enough. It is not at any point in the mailbox. No, and honestly, it's it's a purple lacy thing, like piece <laughs> right. of. I thought it was doll clothing. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I thought it was too. Looking, yeah, at like it, a yeah. doll dress, like but a, it, like a cape maybe for the doll. Maybe it is, but. If either way, it's not. They should have made it. it they should have made it white, and and covered in blood, like in the book, and have With a letter a, a. Yes, a letter A, which, as we know, stands for Adam. It also stands for April Fools, and it stands for other things that we'll learn later. Um, yeah. Just because you find a a bloody hanky, well, she made it bloody. Um, with the letter A on it, does not mean it belongs to someone named Adam. So never assume that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Just putting those pieces together. She was, yeah, she was really Sherlock Holmesing this, but I'm sorry, I'm jumping ahead again. Oh, I have so, to do a theme beer. Stop. Wait, sorry. Start, sorry okay. to interrupt before we jump more into the book. I have to remember to do a theme beer. Are you drinking anything over there? I am. Uh, I'm drinking a Coors Light. It is not themed because I've been stuck in the house for two weeks. And Coors Light is all that's left uh, yep. in this. Uh, kind of dystopian landscape we're in right luckily line and kugel's summer shandy was 
recently stocked in a big, big way at Walmart. Okay. <laughs> so my theme beer that I've already uh, gotten into here is the Summer Shandy by Leinenkugel. And the way it fits the theme is they release it every year uh, in spring, a little er earlier before summer. So you can kind of get a head start on it. It's a great beer to drink in the shower, by the way. At that time that you were drinking a beer in the shower on your Instagram and your dad got mad? Yeah. Was that a summer shandy? No, I'm pretty sure it was a course. Oh, <laughs> it's always a course. I think I'm I'm conflating that with my favorite shower beer, which is Summer Shandy. Um, Listen, Coors Light, for uh, as cheap as it is, is a great shower beer. Okay, I'll take your word for it. I don't think I'm going to try it. But anyway, Summer Shandy always comes out in the spring, and April Fool's happens uh, in this. Is it spring yet? Yes. <laughs> that, that's Fools. a great connection. Yeah, and on there's a picture of a, a lake with someone um man i wish we were reading a, a friday the 13th book huh because there's a lake <laughs> <laughs> so so now you want to you want to pick the book around the beer yeah the beer I, around the that's that's our podcast we split off from this and we do the beer first and then pick a book to go with it man that's so much better uh, I guess I can relate the Coors Light to the book in some way in that there's mountains on the beer bottle oh. and uh, the inciting incident in this happens on the uh, cliff of a hill. Yeah, so, it's a it's a small hill. Let's not call it a mountain, but I, I see where, where you're going with that. Well, yeah. it's enough to blow up a whole damn family. So I mean, you, a lot of a lot of people died on that on that hill. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> a lot of people uh, or were murdered. Um so, Jessica, how in the dark are you feeling about this book right now? Have we explained it well? Apparently, there's a family that's murdered by a hill. <laughs> yeah. 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 The book. Basically, it is, it's the exact same plot of Friday the 13th, except the murderer is a hill uh, and uh, not a, a zombie man. Yeah. So, to try to describe the basic plot, um, I, I have to confess, I've never actually seen the movie. I know what you did last summer. Okay, right. In, in my mind, this is the same plot. Am I right? Or am yeah, I? Yeah, right? it's 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 similar. Sure. Yeah. So some. <laughs> Do you want me to explain? Well, let me let me say my thing, and then you tell me about the movie <laughs> that okay. I have, that I haven't seen. Uh, the the broad strokes are a a friend group of three teens. Two girls and a guy. We'll get into details later. Um, they are doing uh they're doing car pranks. They're literally doing car pranks on April yeah. Fools. And another some stranger's car gets run off the road, flies off a hill, explodes for some reason. It explodes yeah. like in the movies. They this the teens kind of assume that everyone is dead and they kind of flee the scene. Our, our, our teens, our protagonists, including the main girl, um, they're all fine, but they just kind of flee the scene and, and in kind of a, we'll never, let's never tell anyone about this kind of secrecy murder pact. And then um, our main character, Belinda starts to become extremely paranoid about having been um, seen when they were doing this crime prank yes and then really creepy stuff 
starts to happen to her. And like I uh, described in that that quote I read, um, she thinks that they're all going to be paid back by karma or, I don't know, a ghost or something. <laughs> um, is that like the movie at all? Um, I mean, the the inciting incident is is similar. It's drunk kids are out partying, which is the same thing that's happening in this. The the three uh, teenagers are drunk at a party where they're not supposed to be. Uh, And then, yeah, they, they run over. I think it's actually in, (laughs) and I know what you did last summer. They run over a pedestrian. Maybe have you seen it? Yeah. I think they run over someone who's in the road. Okay. And they're like, Oh, he's definitely dead. Let's get out of here. And then like a year later, uh, it just goes full slasher at that point where yeah, a, a man comes back and starts killing everyone. If I remember correctly, the man is in a rain slicker. Am I yeah. right? Was he like dressed like a fisherman fisherman or yeah. fisherman? Yeah, and he uses and he uses a hook. Yeah. Like, oh. with a, like a, a fisherman. Not a fisherman's hook because that makes it sound like it's a tiny like little a captain, thing. Right? Like a captain, right? <laughs> like a captain hook? A fish hook. Yeah. Like the type they would use in a, in a fish market when like grabbing like big, like big fish. Yeah. Yeah. Like the, uh, I don't know, like the murder instrument, you know, a hook, like all right. crazy yeah, people. Yeah, you know, it's just a big hook. So what okay. what that what that movie had that this book didn't have was a lot of murder. Yeah, this book, um, I guess this book it's replaces put- the murder with pranks that are not that scary, but it wants you to think they're really scary. Yeah, there's like a few things sprinkled throughout the book that are just like, oh no, someone is stalking me. Yeah, but I think in in scholastic books, you don't really see a lot of killing. Not that I know. Just tell me if this is wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of killing, but in this, killing happened like off camera, so to speak. <laughs> it happened yeah. before the events of the book began. Well, if you remember in the mall, there was a body count. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so sometimes killing happens in point horror. Mm-hmm. I guess those were kind but of. But also, off- really, nobody. I was just going to say, nobody actually died in the car accident is the thing. Someone died as a result of the car accident later, several weeks later, but nobody actually died at that moment when the car wrecked. Did they just think someone died? Yeah, they did. Because they they saw the car explode. There was was somebody in the car and the car exploded. But that person that was in the car, they did survive for a few weeks. They ultimately did die. They died in the hospital. it It was a few weeks later. Yeah, and I guess I forgot about there are some off-camera murders that happen later that Adam does, I think. Well, at least one. Right? Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. There's I think so, just the one. So one we'll of, get into Yeah, it. well it's it's so hard to get into it. It's it's this mystery thing. So uh, yeah, basically it's a few weeks later. She Belinda the main character is paranoid. Her friends are kind of poo-pooing the whole thing because who really cares that we they're, possibly killed people. They're being way, way too cavalier. Yeah. They're like, who, ki- so what? Frank, uh, the, the main guy, Frank, who, the, he is the king of fools. Um, <laughs> right, That's yeah. where my, my name comes from. I guess the whole thing was kind of his idea to be playing chicken on the road or whatever they're doing with these right. people. Right, he was, he was the most drunk. He was yeah. screaming that he's the king of fools. Yeah. And then while Belinda was driving, he kept jerking the wheel around. Oh, yes. The old the old jerk the wheel. Yeah. Uh, that we know all too well. Yeah, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't driving. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Uh, I'll tell you off mic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, 
Anyway, so it's Belinda, her friend Hildy. Yes, her name is Hildy, and the guy Frank. I was just going to say very old people names. Yeah. For the, yeah, yeah. I don't know what what the uh, what the average or like most common names were in the early nineties, but. Belinda, Hildy, and Frank seem old. Yeah. Those well, seem really old. Like Frank seems Frank can happen in any any era. The, the, this was my thinking. Belinda, I think, was a an, a very eighties name, and maybe I'm just saying that because of Belinda Carlisle. Well, she was born probably in the sixties or right. But I'm just saying that around the era this book was written would be the end of the eighties or 1990 when it was released. Belinda seems maybe time appropriate. Hildy seems appropriate for the 1930s, maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where she pulled that one out. Listen, if they're... It's short for Broomhilda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. If they are... Their names should be Jennifer, Jessica, Nathan, <laughs> I really and would. Michael. Based I upon kids that I went to school with. I definitely like best friends Jennifer and Jessica. That should be like a, a book series. <laughs> Jen, Jen and Justine detectives. <laughs> Her friend Belinda's friends are seem to not care in the least that they murdered someone on the road. Belinda is really panicky about it. She's the neurotic one. And then what's the first thing that happens that makes her go, "Oh, this is spooky." <laughs> Well, what starts with the the big thing that happens, and I think it's before she kind of starts to like suspect anything, is that she gets hired to tutor mm. this kid. So yeah. this th- she apparently is like advertising her tutoring services all over town, right? And so this woman that is very very, I don't know how to describe yeah. her, creepy uh, and and mysterious and. Weird. Yeah, and has obvious has some injuries. She comes to the school and wants to hire Belinda to tutor her son, who's who's kind of a shut in, I guess. Right, my sick, shut in, bizarre, creepy son. Please help right. him. How how stepson? In- oh yeah, yeah, stepson. That is important later. How injured was the woman? Uh, did they just say she had bruises or something? Yeah, just like bruises and scratches and stuff. Huh? Maybe she was limping. How long has this family been living in town? They're strange. They Belinda doesn't know them oh. at all, but I guess they've no. They're they're somehow new to town or something. Well, they they're also rich, so they live in a rich part oh, of yeah. town, and she li- and she lives in, in in on the other side of the tracks. She's a a Molly Ringwald type character. Yeah, and the the woman's stepson, who she wants to get tutored for some reason. Um, has just I think he's just moved here, so he wasn't from here. Right. His his mom his mom sent him. Oh to live right, right. His, his mom, dad. His, his mom stepmom. was like, "Go live with your uh, strange stepmom and get tutored." I've had enough of you, I guess. So, the, so the stepmom basically is like raising this kid, and she hates him. She's yeah. like pretty open from the beginning that she hates this stepson. Yeah. And the father has been in a terrible accident and is out is kind of like in the hospital clinging to for life. And what are the odds they were all in an accident? <laughs> right, right. And now and they're so, now they're coming after Belinda. Yeah. So this house is the son, the stepson, the stepmom, and her butler are all living in this house together. And yes. she hires Belinda to come tutor the son. 
Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I guess this is where we learn her her son is uh, Adam from uh, the quote earlier. So, Psycho Adam who murders? Um, well, well, that has yet to be determined. Yeah, Part but, of the mystery. Yeah, and I, when I read that, I was like, uh, finally, the, the content I crave about a uh, weirdo killer named Adam. <laughs> and then I started thinking of the significance of names. And I don't really, and I was like, surely by the end, there'll be some significance. And I don't think there really was. No. <laughs> but see, well. To, just to Adam in general? Yeah, I don't know. I, I hear the name Adam and I think loaded. That's the first ever man. Right? Am I, am I, <laughs> yeah. you're, you yeah. were a Bible person. Come on. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know that necessarily I assume there's going to be symbolism every time any character is ever <laughs> named Adam. Well, hit. Hildy, is that from the Bible? Yes. That was Eve's sister. Br- Br- yeah, Eve's, <laughs> Eve's sister, Broomhilda. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jesus' brother, Frank, who yeah. was a notorious prankster. He's, he was the king of fools. <laughs> yep. Um, wait, hang on, hang on. I, there, I didn't even think of this. Adams and his stepmom and the butler all live in this creepy big rich person house that's full of snakes. Wait, like yep. the snakes. snakes are just out slithering around, or are they in, they're in the no, terrariums? They're in. Snake- they have multiple terrariums yeah. all over the house. <laughs> so I, all I could think of was Animal Crossing, just dropping all these little critters off in your in your house, and then you have all these yep. little cages and 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 fish tanks and such. And um, I don't know if this is how the author intended it, but as I was reading it, that's how I was picturing it, was that there were just snake cages everywhere yeah, that's, in that's, this house. I think that's exactly how it was described, because that's what I pictured. But who was the snake lover? Was it the butler? The, no, the butler hated them. <laughs> oh, okay. The yeah, father, the butler really did not like the snakes. Wasn't it the father who was currently in a coma in the hospital who wanted all the snakes and loved them? Yeah, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, it, it, had, it was the dad. It wasn't the stepmom or the butler. Um, and we'll get to, oh, we will get to the butler, but. What's the butler's name? Cobbs. Cobbs. Just Cobbs. That's a really good butler name, though. It really is. And in every single way, he is the, um, stereotype of a butler. Yeah. He's like, he's like compassionate, but very stiff the entire time. Like he shows no emotion at all through the entire. He's stiff, but everything, every single thing is a dry sarcasm. Yeah, like <laughs> right. like just a venomous, poisonous sarcasm. But he does have good. He has like a heart of gold, but he can't not be snarky. And and no love for anybody in that family no. whatsoever. I think he hates except, the family. Yeah, except maybe the dad in the coma. But he hates every other member of that family. And he's he seems to like Belinda, the strange girl who came over to tutor the bad son. I have a question yeah. about Belinda. Yes, okay. is she? A girl who doesn't realize how pretty she is. Yes. Do you think? Well, she doesn't. She has low self esteem, I think. But I don't think. Yeah, no, she absolutely doesn't realize how pretty she is. I didn't think they go into she, her looks. They didn't go into detail about her looks, but they certainly implied that she does not think she's as pretty as Hildy. She used to have. Okay, so just Hildy and Frank are dating. They're a couple. And. It's it's suggested that Belinda had a crush on Frank at one time, and mm-hmm. Frank chose Hildy, mm-hmm. and so I think Belinda thinks Hildy is much the much prettier one of the friend group, right? And it describes Hildy as being like the very like 
preppy, like wearing revealing clothing and like being flirty <laughs> and all that stuff. She runs around in her suggestive outfits. Um, but I don't, th- I don't think it's a, uh, you don't know you're beautiful. That's what makes you beautiful type thing. One direction. Um, <laughs> because they, the author never go. It's not like sweet Valley. The author's not like, our protagonist is so hot. No, but it's just a common teen book I, trope where the main character is hot but never realizes she's hot. I assume she was just plain because she doesn't go into it. She doesn't describe her looks. I mean, remember well, in The Babysitter when Ginny was always like, I'm not cute. And her friend's like, but you look just like Demi Moore. <laughs> <laughs> they don't do that in this oh, book. Oh, okay. They're, they're not that explicit about it, but I do feel like, Jessica, that's what they were going for. Okay. And maybe Blake well, disagrees with I, me on this, but there is, a character, there is a character later that shows romantic interest in, in her, and she seems very kind of like surprised and unsure about it. Because I think, yeah, I think she's got low, low self-esteem. Is it Adam? No, it's not Adam. Okay. <laughs> but it is someone related to Adam. Is it Cobbs? <laughs> it's not Cobbs, oh, okay. although... Cobb's likes are not in that way. Yeah. Um. I I was imagining a plain person, so I did. I agree to disagree, but I, yeah, I said that right. But uh, the other guy uh does like her, so there's obviously likable things about her. But she, uh, is yeah, uh, really insecure, and she's the smart girl. I don't. We probably already kind of hinted at that because she's the she does all the tutoring and she has to help her uh dumb friend hildy who can't pass a math test right she has to constantly constantly helping hildy pass tests right so she's the smart girl that's her archetype typical hildy more concerned about her midriff than her exactly absolutely yep just and she's like inviting Frank over to these tutor sessions and of course he's just being distracting what's what's he studying I it, it's not the math book, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I'm talking biology, about, buddy. Yeah, he's, you know what I mean. He, human biology, I think. He does. He makes that joke several times. Like, does he? Well, I don't know about several times, but there is more than once where he's like, "Wouldn't mind studying yeah. your body or yeah. some <laughs> weird stuff like that." Everything Frank says, every single thing is stupid. Yeah, worst character in the book. Is yeah. he supposed to be like the funny guy, funny hot guy? He's the king of fools. Okay. He's like he's like the athlete, like the stereotypical jock. But does he think he's funny? Yes. Oh, hilarious. Okay. Hilarious. Because everything he says uh, is a joke that isn't funny, but he believes to be very funny. I'm not sure if the, the author maybe thinks he's funny. I don't know. I can't tell. But and he did cause some deaths. <laughs> and he, he says like – he says very off-putting things to Belinda when she's clearly having oh, very, yeah. a lot of difficulty with this trauma. Just a huge prick about it. Anyway. Yeah, it's it, she's like, oh my god, I just can't get it off my mind that we might have murdered some people. And he's just like, can't you take a joke? <laughs> <laughs> he's the, uh, he's one of these comedians. Why would he say that? Did they try to convince her that it was a, this, the whole accident was a joke? Well, I mean, I, I think it was like, we were just fooling around. We, th- those people, it was oh, their fault they okay. ran off the road type of thing. Their own I fault they died in a, in a fiery, uh, in a fireball. Yeah, they were so non-caring about the possible deaths that they caused that I, I was sure that maybe Frank and Hildy were like, I don't know, like pod people or something that were going to be revealed to be evil at the end. Like, I was like, <laughs> right. 
this this can't be a real reaction. They have to care at least a little bit. Yeah, but that didn't turn out. Yeah, no, they don't. They really don't care at all until they feel they are also convinced that they might be found out, uh, which is not until way later in the book. Like for some, they are all they are just constantly not worried at all about this in any way. So, and then at that point, it's not guilt; it's just fear of being caught. Because he's gonna he's gonna get kicked off the football team or whatever. The worst, the worst thing that could happen. <laughs> right. I was kind of constantly guessing every time they introduce a character, it's done so, uh, so kind of heavy handedly that I'm like, okay, this is, this is what they're going to do with the ending or this will be the twist. Uh, like I thought that her friends yeah. were not really her friends. I, I was, sh- I was like, okay, Adam and this mom are super weird, but it's, it's never, it's never who you is expect they lead yeah. you down a false road in these books i was i was the same way i'm like immediately they introduced those characters so early and so aggressively yeah. that i was like this is definitely a misdirection <laughs> right yeah it was too early i was like okay classic misdirect it, yeah uh adam and cobbs and family is that yeah. what you're talking about yeah yeah, yeah yeah adam adam and the stepmom and cobbs because it's like it's like chapter one or two because the the main incident is like the prologue, and then chapter one or two, she's like tutoring that damn family. So it's it's yeah. like very early on. Yeah. And the other thing is they they also don't introduce any character whatsoever that is not absolutely pivotal to the plot. <laughs> There's like that's like, true. There are no side characters in this story whatsoever, with the exception of like the principal who's in one <laughs> brief scene. With one scene. And and Belinda's mom, who yep. they conveniently wrote out as being like a she works overnight, so Belinda never sees her ever. Right. And by toward the end, I was like, wait a minute, we never see her mom. Her mom has something to do with this. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. why would they hide? They keep referencing the character, but they don't give her a name. I believe they call her Mrs. Swanson, and that's it. Yeah. Um, and I just remember thinking that was so bizarre because it felt so like the entire story felt so narrow. Because yeah. they literally just had only the characters that were pivotal to the plot and nobody else in this story at all. Right. And I guess that was to try to get the book in under 200 pages or whatever. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Can't have any uh, extraneous details in this thing. So what are some of the pranks that... Well, Ugh, the funny... That's the other thing. There weren't even... Okay. So this is very much like a stalker suspense story where it's like... She feels like she's being watched the whole time and doesn't know who or why. And then they pepper in pranks. But I think, Blake, am I wrong? And there's like three pranks. Yeah, the there whole, are literally not many at all. Let's try. Let's try to think of all three if that's what they're. There's the. She finds a doll in the mailbox, but the doll is covered in blood and gore. I think. Yeah, it's got it's got like entrail, like some sort yeah. of entrails from an an animal or something like stuffed inside the head. Right, which is nasty, Ew. and they. I guess they didn't want to put that on the cover. They also said that the eyes were like cut out. <laughs> so they were yeah, just yeah. black holes instead of eyes, which would have been a way creepier cover. Um, um, the other one. So the very first prank is she's coming home from school and there's cops all over her house, like looking outside of her house and everything. And she gets there and the cops say that they got a tip that a girl named Belinda was in a terrible accident. 
And she was like, well, I'm Belinda. I don't know anything about that. And they were like very suspicious of her, which of course made her freak out. But then they eventually left and it just kind of never came up again. <laughs> I mean, it does come up when you, when it's revealed who's doing the pranks, but right. it was like kind of a lame prank, like just calling and saying yeah. somebody was in an accident. That's not, I don't clever. know. I, not clever at all. That's just right. dumb. Um, the other one that I can think of is, oh, she gets a, a package delivered to her door with like no return address and inside of it. Um, oh, this really uh, brings home the, the seasonal theme. There's a calendar page and it April 1st is circled in like blood or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, does, did they write something on it? Like, I, I, I seriously think it's just circled and I, I think yeah. it's just circled. And, she, it. and it's the narration is like, it looks like blood. It's yeah. Like, would you really know? So is this book like set like in March? Like, are it's, we, we, I are think we it's leading set in to the, April 1st? Actually. No, no. It The accident happens on April 1st. Yeah. And then, but the events ah. of the story happen two or three weeks after that, I yeah. believe. So, yeah, this is toward the end of the school year. Let's say it, late April, May is when the book's Okay, so place. this calendar was not in, uh, I'm going to get you on April 1st. It's more like, it's more I like, know I, what ex- you did. I know what you April did 1st. last April Fool's Day. Okay. Um, yeah, Starring exactly. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Are there were there any other uh, scary pranks? I don't know if this counts as a prank or not, but um, at one point she stays the night at Adam's house. Good idea. Not not with Adam, but with she the stays- snakes with cobs. We, yeah. we'll, we'll explain. Oof. We'll explain. There's but more. she stays the night at that house, and when she wakes up, she's there's a snake like around her throat or doing or. Crawling on her or something. It There's is. A, some it's it's around her throat like a noose, and it's tightening. Yeah, that's not a so fun I, snake prank. That's bad. No, this is. Yeah, this is horrible. right. That's why I said I don't know if that's a prank or just attempted murder. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was a threat of some sort. I don't know if this counts as one either, but it's toward the end, and it's one of the maybe. Eh, probably is the creepiest one. Yeah, definitely the creepiest one. She gets another one of these anonymous letters. Um, some guy drops off. He's like, "Some uh, somebody paid me ten bucks to bring you this," <laughs> and it's an envelope. Um, in nineteen ninety, that's a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, that's like thirty dollars yeah. now. Yeah, true. <laughs> it's an in inside the envelope is um, a chunk of hair, and immediately she's like, "This has to be Hildy's hair." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And by the way, her friend has been missing for a few hours at this point. <laughs> so wait, there's no note, just a chunk of hair. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't. Oh, okay. I, I don't recall. I mean, I think so. it, the, if there was a note, that's not what was important. What was important was the chunk of hair that she knew had to be Hildy's because no one else has the same hair. Um, so go ahead. I want to go back a little bit and talk about Adam, the weirdo kid, because this is another thing that's weird about this book. And I realize that they have to keep this thing moving right along because mm-hmm. it's not a long book. But she makes several attempts to tutor this kid. She goes oh, there. Yeah four or five times and every time she tries their tutoring session lasts all of 30 seconds before he runs her out of the room because he's just being a giant asshole right and like either standing really creepy in the back of his room and saying vaguely threatening things Mm -hmm. and every time she gets upset and runs out 
And then like later she's at home like, no, I'm really going to I'm really going to tutor this kid. and I'm going to have a breakthrough. And then she shows up again. And again, she's running out of the house 30 seconds later because she's so upset. I thought the funniest part about that was so she she'd show up to the house for tutoring, uh, usually uh, chauffeured there by Cobbs, the butler. And then 30 seconds goes into Adam's room. 30 seconds later, runs out. <laughs> Heads toward the front door, and Cobbs is just like, oh, uh, done already? I'll drive you home. <laughs> and uh, that happens four times. <laughs> but it's also like everyone in the family, Cobbs and the stepmom, kind of both know that this is going to be the case. Like, I don't think it surprises them at all, because they're both like, yes, Adam is a giant, yeah. terrible asshole, I, and yeah. nobody likes him. How old all. is Adam? He's, he's a, same age as her. Oh, okay. He's eight, he's 18 like her or something. Yeah, they say he's 18. Is he dark and handsome? Like, does he have, like, he dark hair in, and eyes? He hides in shadows. Well, he's badly, badly scarred from an accident. Right. And oh. he's, like, limping and everything. And I think it suggests, like, maybe he would be attractive. Well, she like, sees doesn't an, she see a, pic, a, yep. a picture of him and he's, like, really handsome? She sees a before picture yeah. um, of him and his brother. And we'll explain that in, in a minute. Um, they're both handsome boys, but yeah, now, now after post-accident, he's all, he's got like stitches across his face. How long ago was his accident? Like two or three weeks. Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, the timelines are probably just a coincidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. And even, even when the, the stepmom first brings, uh, Belinda over to, and hires her to tutor, she's like, this probably won't work. Uh, Adam's horrible. <laughs> So uh, you, you can try to tutor him, and I'll pay you, I guess. But uh, he probably will refuse to be tutored. It's like why? Why are we even trying at this point? Yeah, and she's proven right time and right. time and time but and time again. She, she keeps being determined to go back, and eventually, at some point, uh, she has a little bit more incentive to be in the house because Adam's stepbrother is introduced. And the first time we hear of the stepbrother is one of the times when she's left Adam's room and she's upset and Cobbs is kind of consoling her in the kitchen. And she looks over and there's a picture of Adam and there's a picture of his stepbrother, which is the stepmom's son, and his name is Noel. And it describes them both as being handsome They're young like men. Whatever. Sur- Noel's like a surfer hunk with like this messy blonde hair, I assume. Nice. Yeah. And like he's got a, it's got a sweet car convertible. Yeah, and he's he's been off somewhere, school or something. Right. I don't know where he's been. But but he's, he's the opposite of Adam. He's bright and sunny and nice to our character. Um, and I'm suspicious of him already. See, okay, exactly. Jess, I I thought the exact same thing when I was reading the book. I going back to how I just assumed that the Adam and stepmom thing was a misdirect. Yep. yep. As soon as it entered, showed the Noel picture, I said, "There's our murder." <laughs> so now we've got two brothers and not nice brother and evil brother, and I'm like, "All right, this is this is the conceit. The evil one will turn out to have a heart of gold, and the nice guy will turn out to be the bad guy." And we're wrong, right? And it's exactly what we thought. Really, not to spoil mm. it, but really, they're both bad guys. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so then, it's not creative in the way that it <laughs> it uh, resolves this. I, I will say I didn't give the book enough credit because I did assume that I thought the exact same thing. I thought Adam's going to turn out to be a hero, despite being like you know he's going to be one of those kids that's got a giant chip on his shoulder. 
and is hard to get through. But eventually Belinda will get through to him and Noel will be the villain in this. Right. And the book actually twisted it in a way that I wasn't exactly expecting, although not in a particularly clever way, but still just different than what I was expecting. And by the very end, it's almost like actually things were exactly uh, what they seemed to be because <laughs> Adam really was bad. And Noel actually kind of by the very end turns out to be sort of good. <laughs> so, but, uh, yes. I don't know. I don't know not, if you want to jump to that. Well, thing we'll, yet, we'll but... get there, but not not really good, but better than Adam. So <laughs> yeah, the, the the brother dynamic is is pretty much the same. But anyway, can we talk about Cobb's? <laughs> yes, I, please. I feel like I we, want. I think everyone wants yeah. Cobb's content. I yeah, think so that's what people are here for. Right. <laughs> during this stay at home order, we're supposed to be creating Cobb content. At least that's what. I, did you? Is he British? Do we assume that? I don't know if I really assumed British. I, I I did. I think, okay, it's kind of like how, like, bourbon and whiskey, like, to be called bourbon, you have to be made in, like, a particular county in Kentucky. Am I right? I don't know about that. Something like that. Something like that. I think that to be a real butler, you have to be British. Yeah, you have to at least have the accent. Okay. Yeah. Even if it's a fake accent. I, I assumed the the way he talks, I couldn't imagine it in an American accent. Let's just say that. I guess I just kind of, I, I don't always assume all butlers have to be British, but I do always assume they kind of have to have maybe this like dry old English type of cadence about them a little bit, so, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Can they be like from like New England, like from the... They might, yeah. They might have a, a Fraser yeah. type accent, Niles. I just like Sorry. a real yes, affect, exactly. Affected. No, that's, that's the perfect. Yeah, the the, the mid Atlantic is that what you said? Uh, I was going to say Boston. I just assume all bo butlers have a really oh. deep Boston accent. <laughs> no, that's. I think that's different. I'm just kidding. that. That's too low class for a butler. This guy's classy. He's mm, some tea, Miss Belinda. Yeah. No, I, I think the Fraser-Niles comparison is exactly yeah. what I meant. So he he's either a Fraser or he's a full-on Brit. Uh, either way, he's a he's a butler stereotype. He's always making tea. He's Alfred Pennyworth. <laughs> he his, yep. his he's like Alfred, but also I was kind of imagining Lurch because he is a butler in a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, and for and I don't know was he described as really big for some reason that's how I was picturing him. I don't know this, that he was. I think he was tall. Lumbering. Yeah. And that's why I thought Lurch cuz yeah, I guess we both thought he was tall. So is the house haunted by spirits or by snakes? Just a shitload of snakes. Just okay. so many <laughs> snakes and and snakes and intrigue and all that shit is what haunts it. Not not anything supernatural that we know but of. But the snakes are even the snakes are even kind of a slow reveal because the first time she goes there, all the terrariums have have covers over them. So she doesn't know what's in them. And then it's like a, a subsequent time that she goes back that it's revealed, oh, there's just snakes everywhere. So anyway, me, not that that's important. But. Well, speaking of things that are important, let me try to read into names more. I'm not I don't want to give this up just yet. See if see if this tracks. His name's Adam. He lives in a place full of snakes, serpents. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Mm -hmm. You following? Mm 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's as that's as far as I've gotten with, with this I was, theory. I was getting ready to say I'm. I bet that's as far as that. that goes. They, yeah, they really should have introduced an Eve to round things out. But yeah. okay, I've got a second theory. I th- I like this one better. So you know how people uh will be like uh, they'll talk about Frankenstein like uh, oh he's a uh, Frankenstein's monster. His name uh, Frankenstein's actually the name of the scientist in the book uh, and. Some people will even go as far to say as, oh, did you know that Frankenstein's monster had a name? And they'll they'll either say his name is Prometheus or Adam. I was getting ready to say modern Prometheus Prome- or Adam. Prometheus or Adam. Both are incorrect. They are metaphors that are alluded to in the book. I thought he was yeah. just called Creature. He's he's called whatever. He's Yeah, he's called Abomination, whatever. He doesn't have a name, but yeah. the, the book does reference Adam and Prometheus because they're good metaphors for what he is. So our Adam in the book, his face is all stitched together, just like Frankenstein's monster, who is grotesque and made out of stitched together corpses. Blake, I really appreciate what you're doing yeah. here. I don't think any of this is right. Well, this has been Blake's Literary Corner, and that's the end of that segment. Uh, see you next time. I was I was going to suggest a segment um, called Over Explication, where we really try and, <laughs> where we really try and add a lot of subtext <laughs> to this oh, book. God. Oh, that's that's Blake's Literary Corner. Yeah, well, because I think that gets into a lot of a big conversation about toxic masculinity, where the snakes are a phallus in the most poisonous way possible. Ooh. Uh, and it wraps around her neck and chokes her to death. Yeah. Uh, Just like real penises. Yeah. I wasn't gonna go. <laughs> I wasn't gonna get that graphic once I realized what I was saying. Um, Just like the patriarchy grabs women. What could right. possibly? Yeah. It, so Adam's brother's name is Noel. What could possibly be the significance Christmas. of that? Not Noel. <laughs> oh, dang it. <laughs> is it spelled the name the same? Isn't, as Noel? Is no, it Noel spelled N O E L? Yeah, I think it is. I think they're spelled the same way. Based but... on my parent, based on my parents' Christmas decorations, it is mm-hmm. right. When I imagine the word Noel, I imagine umlauts over the e. Oh, maybe so. I, I, that's probably wrong. Um. Anyway, that's so... not how we spell it in America. Yeah, some stuff happens if in you... this book. Oh, sorry. If <laughs> you go to uh, Silver Dollar City's Christmas celebration and buy Christmas decorations, there are no umlauts to be that's found. None. No, it's not Noel. It's Noel. So I just I was like it, like the guy from Oasis. Is that the guy? Yeah, Noel and Liam. Yeah, Noel and Liam. That's what they should have called him. The two brothers. I mean, doesn't this predate Oasis by yes. about, <laughs> by about five, years? five years? All right, all right. Let's not split hairs. Let's not. <laughs> let's not cut Hildy hairs. Uh, let's. Where Where were we? <laughs> Uh, um, you guys were giving us some Cobb content. She's in, okay, yeah. so that's we need Cobb. to go back to the Cobb content. She's into Noel, and Noel's into her. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What? Wait, wait. Where's the Cobb's content? That well, I was just describing Cobb's character and how goofy he is. Oh. That's all. Yeah, I, it, that's all I wanted to say. But he is. He is kind of the the consoling character. The the because although she doesn't explicitly tell him about the situation. He is very comforting in the fact that she's always upset by Adam and her friends are always like kind of disregarding everything she says. So Cobbs kind of becomes um, the, like her shoulder to cry on a little bit in the, in the book to an extent. Maybe the only person who's like semi sane in this insane (laughs) situation. 
Right. Um, can we take a short break and then uh, rush through the end of this book? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Be right back on Are You There Pod with Adam and Blake. So, um, what are the what are the major plot points? <laughs> okay, so at, at some point, there's lots of like her feeling like some like somebody's following her, someone's stalking her, uh, and then at some point when she's running out of the house because Adam's being a prick, uh, she runs into Noel, who is coming home for. I guess he's coming home because everyone thinks the dad is about yeah, to die. The dad, yeah about to die and so everyone like the family's coming around and he starts dating belinda they start there's a big spring picnic that the school is having and everyone's very excited uh, about senior picnic that's definitely something we all know about right the senior (laughs) picnic i remember my senior picnic like yesterday who who does who didn't have a wonderful senior picnic that they were that was the prime of my life the senior picnic i wish i could go back Um, i had a nice um, basket what? I had a nice basket. Oh, yeah. If you didn't have a good senior basket, you were nobody. Mm-hmm. So they have some – her and Noel have some sensual moments. Nothing explicit. There's just but, like a chaste kiss or something. Right, right. Um, and then at some point, that's when she stays the night at their house. She doesn't stay again with Noel. He's there. Right. What's, um, the, what's the reason that he ro- I don't remember ropes what her into – does she get drunk and they're like, no. you won't tell your parents to she's, stay? She's not a no. drinker. Hmm. Maybe something just happened and she's super scared. Oh, what? is that when they – at some point they're like chased by a car. Oh, yeah. That was the night – yeah, okay. The night of the picnic. They were uh, they were followed by a car that was ramming them from behind. And, of course, Belinda's like, oh, God, this is the I know what you did last summer killer coming after me again. And I guess we kind of assume it's not uh, – Noel can't be the bad guy now because Noel's with her in the car that's being rammed by the bad guy. So Noel's like, hey, I don't want you to stay at home because your mom's never there. Like in all yeah. these books, the mom is yeah. always gone. Uh, <laughs> so stay at my house, sweetie? Yeah, yeah. it's weird because they're, okay. staying, they're staying in separate rooms of the mansion. No funny stuff. Noel's, Noel's not trying to take advantage. Mm-hmm. But then again, she does wake up with a snake around her throat. So, I mean, who's <laughs> who's the predator here? Yeah. And in another attempt at misdirection, spoiler alert, at one point, Noel and her are going into her house. And she looks out and there's somebody on the street staring at them. And she says, it looks like Cobbs oh, yeah. is like standing in and. I mean, even at that point, I was like, yeah, he's protecting your ass from this shady Noel character. But right. I guess so the they, they end, try and. Oh, sorry. At the at the end, Cobbs does kind of like offhandedly was like, oh, yeah, I, I did follow you a few times. I was looking out for you. <laughs> also, it's worth mentioning just because it comes up at the um, or it's part of the last chapter, which I want to talk about so bad. But <laughs> sure. Um, Noel also has a very cheerful dog that loves mm. Belinda a lot and yes. her and Cobbs and the dog kind of become this like ha- happiness they're, unit. Yeah. They're in a the, unit. In the book. Exactly. Yeah. They're the uh, safety unit. What's the dog's name? Sasha, I think. Yeah. It's Noel's, Noel's girl dog. 
So where does the handkerchief come into play? Because you mentioned it briefly. Oh. Does yeah. that not come into play for a while? No, it's no. From, so from so the beginning. When, Go ahead. Yeah, when the accident happens, she gets she falls or something and busts her nose. Belinda does, mm-hmm. and as she as she is climbing back up this hill to get into the car, she just finds a nasty old <laughs> handkerchief on the ground and decides to use it to clean up her nose. <laughs> hey, a filthy uh, handkerchief. That let's, would not be a good let, idea let's now. Let's plug up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can, the way we think now, can you imagine finding something on the ground that used to belong to someone else and using it to plug up your bleeding wounds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Anyway, so she keeps the handkerchief dried blood and all but it has like an a embroidered on the corner of it mm. and so throughout the book she slowly starts piecing it together and it's so funny because they try and convince us that maybe there's a chance this family's terrible accident isn't the same one that she experienced although she's convinced of yeah. it well her friends hildy and frank her bad friends keep saying it's just a coincidence it couldn't have been the same accident on the same right. day even though this this family, which is the only other characters in the book, were all yeah. in this uh, right this terrible accident. Right, they happened the same place, same day, same time. Right, and Adam kind of confronts her about that, but always in like a very vague way. Yeah, like he's screaming at her, like, "Ask me how I got these scars. Ask me how <laughs> I got these scars." I think he says, "Do you want to know how I got these scars?" <laughs> uh, and then smile on that face. Um, Belinda says, no, but I know how you got these ones. And then bust them in the nuts. That that was on the dark night. Um, anyway. Let her go. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember that? That was from Bat Thumb. Uh, why, uh, why so? Never mind. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's cut that. Uh, this is more for um, our podcast. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting. Not for Jessica and Josh's these, podcast. These people audience. don't There's like. probably crossover. Mm, <laughs> these people don't like Blake and Adam humor. Then That's not what they're here for. Well, just wait until <laughs> your fans hear me and Josh's podcast. <laughs> woof. woof. That's rough. <laughs> Jin- jinx. Woof. Um, I can't wait to hear it. So they're ran- the, uh, she spends the creepy night at the creepy house with the snake. Cobb's wakes up and is like, rescues oh. her from the snake. Yeah, saves her from the snake. Is like, I've been looking for that snake all night. He got loose. Cobb's also, and I never, I don't quite understand what he knew at this point. But at one point, she's like coming to tutor, and Cobb's like pulls her aside very seriously and says, "I think you should leave this house and mm. never come back." Yeah, and I think that's. Uh, and she's my, like, "Look, I make three dollars an hour tutoring this. <laughs> I kid, can't, right? I can't afford not to come back." She's I, like, I understand that I run out of this house screaming <laughs> after 30 seconds of being in a room with this kid, but I'm going to give it one more shot. Uh, I think that's the same scene where Cobb says you shouldn't ever come back, but then he does like this big uh, info dump on her about about oh, yeah. uh, Adam and Noel's past, or Adam's, yeah. Adam's past specifically. Which details that there was, there was, Adam was at one point suspected of, who was it? He he was somebody. he was a bad boy or something and was sent to go live with his aunt and uncle because his parent his his parents didn't want him right and they and he was suspected of uh, manufacturing a car accident with right. his aunt and uncle where he dove out of the car last minute and then they drove off of a cliff or something like that yeah that's that's exactly what it described this 
is this guy like some sort of master stunt man? Because <laughs> I guess so. how do you cause your your aunt and uncle to have a fatal wreck and also jump right at the right time uh, and safely like uh, tuck and roll while they plunge to their death? And and that was a moment when he gives that exposition that was so on the nose. I again thought that had to be some sort of massive misdirection yeah. because there's no way that that could be yeah. what had happened and he was just doing it over again. But by but this you know time, what, gang, that's I, exactly yeah, what exactly. It's like this is his <laughs> this is his mo. He's, yeah. done, he's done it before. He'll do it again. He manufactures car crashes and he uh, leaps out of the car just in time. <laughs> but uh, apparently the second time he tried it, um, at one point he's like, uh, he says, I'm very good at it. And it's like, you, you've done it twice. You're okay. <laughs> right. And also, also the second time you really messed it up because you still got your face all slashed up. So are you trying to say that the second time the wreck was not Belinda and friend's fault? It was actually mm. Adams? Yes. So they she they were swerving all over the road and acting like maniacs. But as just pure coincidence, this car was already destined right. to go over the side of the road because Adam willed it. So, so. Uh, the uh, drunk, stupid, uh, pranking teens happened to come across a guy trying to crash his own car. Like, <laughs> this was just happenstance. And so it seemed like they maybe ran them off the road or caused the wreck, but a separate crime was going on at the same time. We didn't, I don't think we even mentioned that Adam, like, uh, limped very dramatically and had a cane. Mm-hmm. And then... I think I think it says something later when it's revealed that he's the, a villain. Mm-hmm. It said something like maybe Belinda and her friends caused him to do it later than he expected, yes. which is why he got injured. Like he was he had planned it to be timed exactly, but their shenanigans yeah. made him do it later, which is why he had to dive out at a different point and got and got seriously injured or yeah. whatever. And that- lost his handkerchief. <laughs> and lost his handkerchief. Or did Actually, he? Or did he? Or did he? Um, there is more twists to be made. You won't believe. Oh, okay. You won't believe the reveal on this hanky. Okay. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he uh, he dove out of the car at the wrong time and and hurt himself, but he didn't hurt himself badly enough to break his leg and have to use a cane. That part he faked, I guess. And I don't remember that. Did he? Was he faked it? Because by the end, we well, by the end, he's walking around normally, without his cane, and he's able to do do crime. Because the throughout the whole book, um, <laughs> Noel and it, and other people are like, it couldn't possibly be Adam. He wa- He can't walk. He's got a cane. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about Cause, that. Because she thinks Adam is following her all over. And and doing awful things and and ramming into her car and they're all like Adam can't drive he his leg doesn't work uh, he can't he can't get around by himself. So why is he so obsessed with her if he's the one who actually caused the accident? Just because he's mad that it was mistimed? She witnessed the whole thing. He was trying to do. He's trying to kill his parents to get their inheritance, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's even like to the point where she overhears him at one point, like talking to the hospital yeah. and basically saying, pull the plug. <laughs> yeah. But he's re- ready for that dad to die. Really all it, all it took to make her a target was she 
she witnessed him doing all this and she remembers seeing a shadowy figure at the top of the hill and i guess that was i think that was adam uh, yeah it was adam watching her and her her friends were screaming out her name and uh, that's how he learned her name and so he didn't he wants a nice clean uh, crime and doesn't want any witnesses so he's got to he's got to tie up this loose end but he wants to toy with her for a long time first i guess yeah i get well here's here's another part of the twist is that he and even the other villain the other uh, villain that is a secret at this point <laughs> um they didn't do all the pranks <laughs> there right. were like, like there were three pranks and if i understood the book correctly the only one that they did i think was the doll in the mailbox yeah and the am the, i wrong about that they did that cuz here's the twist jess uh-oh frank king of fools mm-hmm. was actually just playing some some dicky pranks on his uh, friend they tell you from the beginning he's the king of fools what do you expect yeah and she and the thing is she is constantly being like did Frank pull these pranks on me? Yeah. And then her and Hildy get in big fights because Hildy's like, no, how could you suspect him of that? That's crazy. Right. But then Hildy knew about it the whole time that Frank yeah. was pulling pranks on her. Hildy's always defending her bad boyfriend. Her friends suck. Yeah, yeah. her friends do suck ass. And then finally Hildy's like, Frank Frank made me uh, promise I'd never tell, but it was him doing those pranks. So it was him and not Adam. Well, Adam but it was just, just doing the pranks. Adam did and the doll head. So some were Frank, some were Adam. I think okay. the only things Frank did was he called the police and said Belinda was in an accident. Brilliant joke. Yeah, that was and, so good. And then he left the calendar page with April circled on it. Like, ah. yeah, like he just he just played those two pranks. April Fools. What good. about Hildy's hair? Uh, no, that that was because Hildy was kidnapped. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we Hild- haven't gotten to that yet. Hildy was kidnapped uh, by the 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 brothers. As, by both as Noel for, and Adam. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. actually, technically, I guess it was just Adam because Noel was with Belinda, but it was part of their plot that they had together. Yeah, and and Frank and Hildy were both kidnapped. Right, um, but Frank because um, at one at one point, go I, ahead. I was just going to say that <laughs> I'm so lost at this point. <laughs> they, I guess, they knocked Frank unconscious to kidnap him, um, and he remained unconscious for the rest of the book. <laughs> <laughs> which which I liked because then he couldn't talk and make stupid jokes. Right, right. It's so true. Um, so yeah, at some point she goes back to the house and Adam is there and he's like threatening her. He's doing like the evil villain monologue thing. <laughs> and and I, I would have gotten away with it too. And then Noel shows up and this is where Noel's revealed to also be in on this. I guess they were going to split the inheritance yeah, because the they were going through the will and she finds a will looking through drawers and it's like it, it goes to the the two sons obviously. Um, yeah. And What about the stepmom? The stepmom, well what about her? Is dead. Uh, oh, she's, okay. Spoilers Adam she's murdered the, her. Yeah, she's the off-screen death where she at one point leaves and then just like never comes back. And then late in the book, they're like, oh, yeah, we killed her. She's gone. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adam, well, Adam used his M.O. and, and uh, drove her off a cliff, or I think, or threw her off oh, the cliff. Oh, so he did, did his he? pranks three times? Oh, it's if not, that's true, Blake, then he's he's going for four by the her, end of this book. Well, it wasn't the same. They said that her body was at the bottom of that, that hill. 
Okay. And maybe it was in a, I guess it was in a car, maybe. Yeah, I guess he does do this a lot. I don't know. Man, he had to have been the worst criminal mastermind because we'll get to it in a second, but he attempts that car bit again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, this is literally the only the only way they know how to kill a person is, to, put, car is it's to destroy a car. Yeah. So you're going through five, six cars. <laughs> right. And it, he even at the the climax where they're trying to kill the uh, uh, the friends in a car, um, Adam even pulls out a gun that he apparently just had, but doesn't use it. <laughs> right. Prefers death by car. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way to kill a person and get away with it. You know. Yeah, they're kind of like he's which like, is, I got this gun, but I don't want it. Don't make me use it. Just let me kill you in this car instead. Which is such great logic. Like, I got away with killing these people once before by ducking out of this car. So logically, I can just keep doing this same bit over and over again, and no one will notice that everyone around me is dying. Right. So, yeah, by that time, they he knows that Belinda told her friends, and so he's got to eliminate those witnesses as well, kidnaps them. And here's it's worth mentioning, because I know you mentioned that Noel kind of turns out to be a good guy, and that's eh-ish true. Yeah. But he does say when he shows up at the house and Adam's like getting ready to kill Belinda, Noel does say you were supposed to do it quick. Oh, right. <laughs> like, so like Noel was like ready for her to die too. Noel was like, why, why are we prolonging this? Like, why, why are you just toying with her? Like, uh, <laughs> this, yeah. this is sadistic. Yeah. But yeah, he was, he was faking the whole nice guy thing, I guess. So, and here's where the car comes into play again. They get Belinda in the car. Hildy and Frank, who have been kidnapped, are also in the car. And guess what Adam's plan is? <laughs> to dro- drive them off a cliff. Adam- to drive them <laughs> off of a cliff. <laughs> at, at this point, both Noel and Adam are there. And they're going to, um, together, they're going to like push this or just put the car in neutral, let it roll off the cliff. I guess. They aren't going to be in it. They're not going to do the leaping thing again. Right. I think it's a different clip. Uh, so here's the other thing is oh. I think when Adam had to dive out of the car later, they missed the biggest, deadliest cliff, which is also what like threw off his plan originally. And I think that's where he's taking them now is the cliff that is like a dead man's curve type this of thing. This is suicide drop. They, right. That's what it, they call it's, it. it's the big daddy one that will actually kill somebody. They keep they they reference suicide drop early and early in the book, and I was like, "This will probably come up later, right?" <laughs> and yeah. and yeah, it's the place where he tries to kill them at the end. It's a place where apparently he hurled his uh, stepmother off. Yeah. Uh, so she's just down there. Maybe she's never been. Her body's never been found. She just right. But they say her at off the end, suicide drop. And- yeah, nobody found it until the end. They they mention her body was recovered from there. Yeah. Um, during this whole event, Cobbs is at the hospital where the dad is like dying or has died. But he gets some sort of like Belinda manages to what? Call. Somehow she, give she him calls. a message. She calls him uh, at the hospital, right? And then and then what? Like Adam disconnects the line or something? Um, well, she believes that Adam and Adam and Noel have told her that they're going to see their father who's dying. Um, so she believes them to be at the hospital with Cobbs. Um, oh, okay. The, so the, he, so Cobbs gets suspicious. Cause she's because, like, um, 
where can I speak to <laughs> Noel or whatever? And he's like, they're not here. I'm the only one here. So yeah, he th- that I guess tips him off that they're up to something. I'm just waiting and, for this hanky reveal. Oh God! Oh, the oh, hanky. Yeah, such a such a tiny reveal. So what is revealed when Noel is is uh, revealed to be part of this evil duo? Right. Um, the entire time you think that A stands for Adam, but actually it stands for Ainsley, it, which is Noel's last I, name. It's Ashby. He's like, it's, Ashby. my name is Noel Ashby. And it's like, oh, that was a, a minor detail that we, we mentioned <laughs> right. once before. That was just, just quietly uh, kept under wraps until that very last yeah. moment. And I guess they have different last names and all because they're uh, step siblings. It's, uh, But it was like, it was one of those things where... That might have been clever if they had revealed that as a way to, like, start being suspicious of Noel. But it was, like, already revealed that he was a villain at that point. So it was a yeah. very, like, <laughs> very insignificant twist. So at this point, you think, uh, or Noel believes that they are going to kill these teens together and then split the inheritance because their dad is dying as this is happening in the hospital. Um, but turns out um, Adam was going to double cross him all along and kill his brother. So he gets the, the whole inheritance. And that was his plan at least. And then I don't know what happens to um, Noel. Do they kill each other? Do they both no. go over in the car? Yeah. It's like a, a, a Clegane brothers thing where they uh, fall off the cliff fighting and both die in a, in a fireball. No. Um, While, oh, <laughs> that's I, not was, it. I was willing to believe that. Yeah, I was I did, too. I was that's into not it. it whatsoever. He tries to shove, Adam's got the gun, tries to shove Noel in the car that's, uh, I guess, inching off the cliff. Yeah. Every, oh, yeah, with everyone else is, in it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're all, and the car is rolling forward yeah, 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 very, yeah, yeah, very yeah, slowly yeah. at this point. And they're like, oh, it's six inches away from the cliff now. Um, and is like, uh, I, I, I double cross you. Ha ha. It's all mine. Um, <laughs> that's what he, that's exactly what he says. And Noel's like, what? Uh, and he, Noel, I guess like kicks the door open. The, the gun flies out of Adam's hand and we never see the gun again. And then he like wrestles Adam to the ground. And then the, the brothers are fighting in the background while our, uh, our heroes are trying to escape this uh, slowly rolling car. This is the slowest rolling car ever. Yeah, by the way. It's, it's yeah. strange. Um, so they don't. Neither of them die, but they're they're uh, they're still wrestling each other. Um, and the, our three friends have freed themselves from the car just in the nick of time, and the car rolls off the cliff and explodes or whatever. Um, and all the as all this is happening, the you hear the police sirens, and you see those cherries. And Cobbs, who was suspicious at the hospital, has called the police and they've all tracked the car down. And so Cobbs basically is there to save the day. Yeah. He's, he saves the day. He's figured the whole thing out just from that accidental phone call from Belinda. Uh, the two brothers, the two bad brothers are taken into custody and they're going to the slammer. And I think that's all that they tell us about them. Man, if they're, if they didn't die, there should have been an April fool's too. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, they escape from prison and do more crimes. Belinda's telling Frank and Hildy, it's all happening again. And they're like, oh, you're <laughs> just what, going crazy again. Oh, sure. Adam escaped from the prison. Yeah. 
typical Belinda delusion. <laughs> um, I'm guessing that really low sales numbers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I don't a, know how successful had this an book impact was. on yeah. the lack of sequels. So my absolute favorite part of the book, though, is after the climax. It the entire thing is just wrapped up with one quick chapter. Yeah. This is like. That was like chapter, what, 19 or something when the car is happening. Yeah. And by chapter 20, mm-hmm. uh, Belinda is at home with her mom and uh, settling in or whatever. And <laughs> I love this so much. Cobbs and Sasha show up. <laughs> <laughs> like a dream and, sequence. Yeah. And Cobbs is like, we're <laughs> We're here to live with you now. What? <laughs> oh yeah, that is so weird. He, he offers. He offers to work. Belinda and her mom, who live in this like lower class part of town. They're poor. This butler shows up and offers his <laughs> offers his services for free. Well, that's that's the the sort of blood contract. So all of his uh, all of his masters are dead now, <laughs> or in right. or, or in prison. So now he is indebted to. Uh, the people that foiled their plans, I guess. Do you think he got the money? If the boys are in prison, who has the money? It did suggest something like he's got plenty of money that he doesn't have to worry about getting paid. This is what it, they said, you can't be our butler cops. We can't afford you. And he says, oh, don't worry about me. The, the dad, uh, I forget his name, Fred or something. uh, Yeah. I, I was in his will, and he left a very uh, generous inheritance to me. His but butler. I still feel called to yeah, serve. Yeah, right. So <laughs> if, if you get enough money to retire on from a guy that just died, are you going to like see the world and do whatever you, you always wanted? Or are you going to go right back to butlering in some shitty house? And he's still like he's still like just very sarcastic, like, I could see you could use some help around here. Yeah, like he, he looks at this dingy house that uh, nobody nobody has time to clean. The mom is always working as a nurse, and he's like, oh, "I've got my work cut out for me in this pigsty." <laughs> <laughs> Let me check your pantry. Oh, Kraft mac but, and cheese and ramen. What a yeah, diet! Pretty much, pretty much. He even insults like their their tea. I think <laughs> their choice, their uh, their best choice of green tea. Yeah. <laughs> But it's just so funny that it's like the only two characters that are likable at all, other than Belinda, are just there at the end to be like, "We're all going to live together now." I like. It's I, like I've been watching. Uh, I w- I've been watching Tim and Eric's bedtime stories again, awesome. and there's one really funny one, the Toes episode. Oh God, the Toes yeah, episode! That, it's yeah. so gross. But and I don't know if you remember this, but the the old man cop that's in that mm-hmm. at the very end just turns to the doctor's son and says. Guess what? I'm your dad now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and that's how it ends, I and, think. And that is what this Cobb's situation yeah. reminded me of. His Cobb's just showing up like, guess what? I'm your butler now. That's that's exactly what it is. And I I could have sworn that something would there'd be some twist or some jump scare at the end or something. But it's it it literally ends with I really love you, Cobbs. And then she felt his jan his hand gently upon her hair, and I you miss. <laughs> and, <laughs> and April that- Fools too. It's just their romance. It wasn't very popular. <laughs> the end of the book is her hugging the butler. <laughs> and this is a point horror. Yeah, I need more spooks. Like I understand we had to have a happy ending to this, but that one just seemed a little too 
heavy on the happiness. I and also be like, well, you're gonna get all the inheritance money too, and the mansion. Yeah, so it was a it was a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory type thing where yeah. she yeah. she owns the mansion now and and all the snakes. What happened to the snakes? I'm guessing that actually, I think Cobb's probably lied. I think he just sold all the snakes and made a small fortune. <laughs> yeah, that'd be my guess. I don't know. Maybe um, <laughs> that now that would have been the good jump scare at the end if he was like. I'm your butler now. Everyone's happy. Sasha's happy, barking and joyful and everything. And then he's like, oh, and one more thing. And he opens a door and just hundreds oh of snakes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be incredible. I wish that were the ending. It just ends with an army of snakes slithering into her house <laughs> and her shrieking. That's literally what it should have been. Yep. There's only one condition, madam. Yes. <laughs> rattle, rattle, rattle. That's a rattlesnake. <laughs> what does it's a that, cobra make? A cobra? It's that scene I don't... In the remake of Willard, which you may have never seen in your entire no, life. I actually missed that one. Wait, is that the one that starts Crispin Glover? Yeah, Crispin Glover's in it. At one point, he's in an elevator, and the elevator is filled with rats, top to bottom, wall to wall. <laughs> and when the doors open, they all just come like falling out of the elevator and he's just kind of standing there in the middle of them. That's what I picture Cobbs with the snakes. Yeah. Willard was the, was the rat man. He's the snake man. He's the snake man now that the original snake man is dead. I think that was probably part of his will. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That Cobbs legally has to become the snake man. So, um, it's a pretty good book. I'd recommend it to anyone. I'll say this. If I was reading it as a, 14 year old and not as a 36 year old i <laughs> probably wouldn't have hated it i mean it was I've, the, I've definitely read worse written stuff some lines were bad yeah um wait let me read one funny thing i don't know if this will oh it better it. be about the the supple snakes bodies throbbing or no whatever i wish i wish you had a page number for that but <laughs> um let's see this is after they find the Hildy hair uh, in a in an envelope, and it's Belinda and Noel talking. We have to do something. We have to call the police and tell them what? You don't even know if it's hers. Of course it's hers. No one else in the world has hair like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. yeah, that's really good. And of course, that would be true in the in the uh, context of the book when there's literally nobody else in the world that has been introduced. Uh, yeah, I think this exists in some like strange void dimension where they are the only people. Yeah, and like her mom is like barely even a person; she doesn't have a name. Mrs. The, Swanson. Yeah. The, yeah. the end is some sort of weird fever dream. There's a lot more creepy stuff going on. What if this on. is a Jacob's Ladder mm-hmm. type situation? And in really, which really Belinda's... our heroine died in that car prank at yes. the beginning of the book. And this is her yes. dying fever dream. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the purgatory she must go through to before get getting to the heaven with cops. Which is cops and Sasha. Yeah, exactly. Cops is like the Danny Ayeo. Ayeo. Why can't I say his name? R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, if you... Oh, shit. What does he say? If you're hurting, are you going to see his demons? Something like that. Yeah. 
it's like when it's you, his guide through the through purgatory. When you basically. make your peace, the uh, demons are really angels. Something like that. That's uh, yeah. that's what Cobb should have said. Did anybody watch the remake of that movie? No. Wait, they remade that? Yeah. Yeah, but I think it was like a direct-to-video type oh. thing. I don't think it yeah. was like ever. God, when was this? Uh, last year? Like a year two ago? Yeah. yeah. I kind of want to know now. Was uh, anyone in it? <laughs> look, Jacob's Ladder is actually one of my favorite movies, so I'm kind of scared to watch the remake. I, I love it too, and I would not. I was the so, same way. I'm like, I don't know that this will have any value yeah. for me whatsoever. I mean, it's got Tim Robbins. You guys know how I feel about Tim Robbins. He's my dad. Okay. And <laughs> I love Tim Just Robbins. Go, for real, have we ever talked about this before? We have. At a movie trivia. We talked about our love for Tim Robbins. Yeah. So I was, as you guys know, I was adopted. My biological mom, who I've since met, is a listener of this show. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Um, Hi, but before I had met my biological parents, there was always kind of this air of mystery about who my parents were. And there was always a part of me that secretly wished that Tim Robbins was my biological father. Like, I don't know why. I just thought, uh, that's my dad. <laughs> I just I just love Tim Robbins. And I yeah. he, yeah, I, I will watch anything with him in it, pretty much. And I, I will pretty much probably love it because Tim Robbins is in it. Arlington Road, love it. Shawshank, uh, love it. Shawshank is good. Dead Man Walking, he directed it. Love it. And he's a huge political activist, which helps too. For right. the good team. Love for it. The, yes, for, for the good, the good ones. Yeah. The good ones. <laughs> Man, I wish he was my dad. Me That's too. That's funny. Out of, like, my out dad of doesn't listen to this podcast, and my dad sucks. So I'm just going to say my dad is Tim Robbins. Yeah. yeah. I remember being in like eighth or ninth grade and sitting with some friends and them asking me who I thought my dad was and me like being like, have you ever seen Howard the Duck? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> have you ever seen? Because um, I want the duck to be my dad. <laughs> right. Well, that was my first choice, but yeah. the wacky scientist Tim Robbins played was my second choice. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted, um, oh shit. <laughs> Why can't I ever think of her name? Susan Sarandon. No, from oh. Howard the Duck. Oh, Carol. Leah Thompson. Leah Thompson. Oh, yeah, don't you want to say Caroline in the City? <laughs> yeah, I almost did. <laughs> That's what I want to say. I wish Leah Thompson was my mom. That's all I'm getting at. Okay. 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 Even when she pulls out that tiny duck condom and is like, Howard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe it's because of the whole Back to the Future thing. That's probably oh, why. Oh. That's okay. probably why I, I think that. I relate. I definitely think of her more from as Lorraine McFly than yeah. I do of. Caroline in the city. I think something's very wrong with me, uh, probably for subconsciously uh, thinking that. But anyway, uh, Blake, what's the best practical joke you've ever played on someone? Um, I don't know that I've ever even successfully played one. Like, I'm not a I'm not a king of fools in real life. I'm not a pranker. I'm not an impractical joker. <laughs> I know. I know. And you're lost. You and Josh are big impractical jokers, and you're always pulling goofs and pranks and jackasses. Yep. I I, I don't have a lot one. of jumping off buildings. Yeah, you're always like uh, tipping over um, uh, porta potties when I cattle. I'm <laughs> I was gonna say porta potties, <laughs> but yeah, cattle too. Yeah, while you're in it, while you're in it, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always running in and beating up Adam's dad, Tim Robbins, when he's asleep. Yeah, <laughs> we just wail on him, and we're like, Tim Robbins, you, you stupid slob. <laughs> anyway, and he's like, whoa, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, what's yours? So when I worked at a bank, uh oh, um, 
There was a woman that opened in the mornings, and every morning she would get there, and there would be a stack of papers that would come in through the fax machine that were like bank alerts, like scams that were being done, or like people that were like trying to cash uh, fake checks and stuff like that. Like it was all these like alerts that would come in through the fax system. Uh-huh. And I would close in the evening. And so one evening I spent my entire closing shift and the person that worked with me was not happy about it, oh, God. but I spent my entire closing shift manufacturing this like official document to look exactly like one that comes in the fax machine. Like I had to use <laughs> printers and typewriters wide out. I oh. really put a lot of effort into this thing. Jesus. And what I had it say, what I had it say was that the, to be on the lookout for the person that was opening in the morning, <laughs> because she, she had been caught transferring money from customers accounts into her own personal account. This is demented. Yeah. So she got there and was so freaked out because she thought she was being investigated for stealing oh. money, I guess. Oh God. And to this day, I still consider it one of my finest moments as a human being. So <laughs> how did you reveal it to her and how long did you let her be tortured like that? Well, she see, I didn't I didn't hear anything about it until I went into work that afternoon and everyone was giving me the cold shoulder and trying to make it seem like I was in trouble. <laughs> that was that was their their payback was like, let's make Adam think we're really mad about this. They should have done a double a double prank on you. Where they got the boss in on it and had the boss fake fire you. Yeah, I think that's kind of what they – they did something where they had like the branch manager like call me in her office or something just to have me sweat it for like 30 yeah. seconds. Right. And then it was fine. But um, she, yeah, she said when she got there, she freaked out. <laughs> she immediately started checking the customer's account to see the transactions and then because those are faxed out to all the different branches in the bank, she started calling different branches oh, God. to like – because she said in her mind all she could think about was that every single person in the company was seeing this memo. Right. This could have gone so horribly wrong. You know, but when I was like 19 or however old I was, I guess I was probably 20 at the time, mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't really thinking about yeah. all the different – Possible scenarios. We we were still in our dumb as hell phase at age twenty. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, that you're an agent of chaos. Um, <laughs> Jess, have you ever pulled a prank? Um, I guess the only one I did was actually on April Fools, and I feel bad about it. But I convinced a guy I was dating at the time that I was pregnant, and I even had <laughs> these are both the, both of you are sadistic, and these I, are awful. I even had a. <laughs> Uh, it was when I worked at a hair salon, and I even roped in one of the stylists oh, to act like she bought me the pregnancy test because she was concerned because I had my cycle was I was late, and uh, he was on campus at class, and he left campus and rushed over to the hair salon where I was working to like talk, <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh god, I feel so bad. That's you should feel bad. I don't know what I'd do. It was actually April Fool's in my defense. Like, you should Okay, yeah, on that day, if someone tells me they're pregnant on April 1, I'm going to say bullshit right away. Yeah. I don't fall fall for that stuff on that day. And the only reason it worked was because it was over the phone. Mm -hmm. If he had, if it had been face-to-face where I was telling him that I was pregnant, it never would have worked. Wasn't it hard to not laugh? No, because it was over the phone. I I I wasn't looking at him. 
I'd still crack up or something. I don't know. Nah. But that's the only <laughs> prank I ever did And after that. I Because he took it. Yeah. That's pretty harsh stuff. Yeah. But not bad. Not bad. At yeah. one point when, uh, I don't know who, I mean, I know you know this, Jess. I don't know if other listeners know this, but Blake and I and the other co-host of this podcast, Josh, uh, all knew each other when we were teenagers from a, working at a movie theater together. And one year for April Fool's, I think I was talking to Josh about this. I legit said, what if I had someone call in pretending to be my parents and saying I wasn't coming in because I died? And then I <laughs> and then I showed up dressed as a ghost. Classic. Classic. And Josh, who is forever since I've known him, always been kind of my Jiminy Cricket, just kind of put his hand on my shoulder and said, don't do that. <laughs> Absolutely. Somebody had to like – the, yeah, exactly. Be be the the good angel on your shoulder and be like, hang on. Yeah. Think about this. But again, if it's April one, if anybody says that they died, <laughs> I'm gonna be like bullshit. Yeah. I mean, people do die on April first, but they should reconsider. One time, that. gosh, I don't want to keep telling stories, but one time when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. Uh, our basement flooded on April 1st and I called my parents like freaking out because it was like water was like actively like flooding into the basement mm-hmm. and my parents didn't believe me because <laughs> it was April no. 1st. That's not even a good, a good prank if you were yeah. going to make that up. I was like, why would I make that up? That's a dumb thing to make yeah. up. I'm I sorry that, that I had to call She helped me. Probably the worst thing on an April 1st was when I was in junior high, we found out that a guy who was a grade above us had killed himself on Oh, God. That Well, he killed himself the day before, but no one found out until April 1st. So everyone thought it was a joke at first. No way. That guy's living large in Tijuana right now, just laughing his ass off. He's still, yeah, he's still getting laughs off that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, cut it. Cut my mic. Yeah, sorry. I Now I feel lame for never having done a good a good prank, but I... I guess t- I better be on the lookout tomorrow. I'm. Oh, shit. What am I going to... Why don't you? Why, I got an idea. Why don't you prank me by breaking the internet so I don't have to work? That'll be a good prank. <laughs> that that's that's like a total Joker thing to do, you know? Like, like I'm the Joker. Yep, baby. <laughs> he's like he's the king of pranks. Man, and his goofs are hilarious. Yeah, like when he killed all those people. <laughs> classic, this is getting dark. All classic, right. uh, classic jackass. Impractical jokers type stuff. All right, I'm gonna yeah. ask you guys. Yeah. What do you rate this book? Yeah, we gotta rate this shit. We've oh, been... what is the normal rating scale? Legs on a horse. And if it's really good, it gets hooves. the unicorn. Hooves. <laughs> a if unicorn you, yeah, horn. instead of a fifth hoof, it's a unicorn horn. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I give this three unicorn horns. It's so it's seven stars. <laughs> no. Jesus. Um. No. 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 Uh. Two hooves. Uh, I'll also give this uh, two hooves and a horseshoe. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Two two hooves and a a, a pile of horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Can I can I say that the first I give the majority of the book two hooves. Mm-hmm. I give that last chapter. Four hooves and a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, that's fair. 
We've gone way longer than this podcast ever should go, probably. <laughs> also, I, we did not we did not really spend a lot of time on banter. We just straight up just I went mean, through this, that uh, the, that synopsis of the book. The book is so dense and so <laughs> so profound that we had to spend we couldn't waste a second. When I go when I go back through this and edit, you'll be eating your words that we did not banter. <laughs> Talking okay. about Tim Robbins for 15 minutes. Yeah, but all of this was like loaded at the back. You could chop all of this if you wanted to. No, this is the I'll best content. People, I'm going to take the Tim Robbins content and put it at the front. Also, make sure we get Tim Robbins somehow as a keyword so maybe Tim oh, Robbins yeah. can find it. Absolutely. Because all the celebrities uh, are bored right now. All the actors are so bored. You know it. And I know for a fact that Tim Robbins searches his names on Twitter because one time he liked a tweet that I made about me saying I wished he was my biological father. And I did not tag him or hashtag him or anything. Yeah. He straight up found it by searching his name. So nice. I, I like that, but why could why couldn't he go a step further and DM you? That's all I I'm don't, saying. Yeah. Just a little DM like, I I wish I could be your dad too, man. Yeah. Or just <laughs> or even one step further, like, hey, I am your dad now. And I would be okay, well, Tim. I'm your new daddy now. Yep. So uh yeah. Everybody stay at home. Don't get sick. Uh, that's what you say at the end of each podcast, right? No, we got to say other stuff. Yeah. We, me and Adam, are usually on another podcast called Shelf Life. And it's not for any of you. <laughs> it might It might be. I know that some of you listening are probably already listeners of Shelf Life, like two or three of you. But maybe you'll like it. And I say that in the most self-deprecating way, not in a pretentious. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's I too know. good for you. It's the opposite. <laughs> yeah. It's very low brow. Um. <laughs> also, uh, look for the up where Josh and I do a takeover of Shelf Life. It is not good. But <laughs> I mean, none of this we is going to be good. We do talk look, Teddy Ruxpin. We so. get we get we get away with it by calling it a prank episode. Yeah. Josh yells at his cats. The whole thing is a prank. Uh, and he eventually does get drunk, but not towards until the last like 20 minutes. So. Yeah. Oh, man. You have to sit I will a lot say of sober the- Josh content. Shelf Life listeners really love that drunk Josh content. Yeah. They do. Uh, and they will get they will get some of it if they go check that out. Well, I guess it'll it'll be in their feed. Anyway, uh, that's on Instagram. That's at Shelf Life podcast. And we have a Twitter, too. Yeah, at Shelf Life Host on Twitter. But that's not what this this one is. Yeah, this podcast that we're on right now is at AreYouTherePod on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And like, subscribe, smash that follow button. Rate and review. I'm going to make an announcement now. If we can get, uh, I'm going to say 10 reviews. This and is, this is never gonna happen. <laughs> Thirty ratings. I will make Josh read my sweet Audrina by VC Andrews. So, Ooh. yeah, the people want that. Everyone wants some more <laughs> VC Andrews content. The people crave that <laughs> content. Yeah, usually both of these podcasts uh, are not done via Skype, and usually they sound a lot better. These these are way below my audio standards. Just just way way down there. Okay, I, as producer. Time to wrap it up. Okay. All right. Fine. <laughs> I guess. I guess the producer can say wrap it up. That's what I've been trying to do. Yeah. So check us out. Uh, until next time. What do we say at the end of every Are You There pod? I'll let Adam take us out.
Hey, why don't you do the honors on that one, Blake? Thank, oh, man. Thank thank you for letting me, um, because I really wanted to be the one to take us out and say the, the last word. But I think um, you should do it instead, because <laughs> I'm a really nice guy like that. Uh, well, I'm just going to go with the shelf life one. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. <laughs> no. Okay, I'll say it. See you later, horse girls. You wait. Please clap. Yeah.